Radio 570 KVI. It's KVI Want to Know Weekends. KVI Want to Know Weekends. Get ready to raise a toast with Seattle's most spirited hour of talk. Happy Hour Radio, sponsored by Woodenville Wine Country. Explore the best in Washington wines, beer, spirits, food, and more with your guide, Seattle sommelier, Christopher Chan. It's Happy Hour Radio, right now on Talk Radio 570 KBI. Well, 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 welcome to Happy Hour Radio. I'm your host, Christopher Chan, and we are live 11 a.m. on Saturday here in the Puget Sound and all around. It's Happy Hour Radio. Hey, uh, thanks for joining me today. We've got a fantastic lineup of guests, including uh, local cocktail expert, uh, home entertaining expert, uh, spirits expert, and all-around party expert, A.J. Rathbun, who uh, has a great blog called Spiked Punch, and uh, you can find all his cool stuff at ajrathbun.com. He's also the cocktail, com- cocktail columnist for Seattle Magazine. Also in the house is Amy Sheridan, the new executive director for the Auction of Washington Wines. We're going to talk about the picnic and uh, all that's happening, all the fun stuff out at San Michel this August 14th and 15th and 16th. And also in studio, um, one of my favorite places in the world, which I've never been to, but I know it is, next to uh, France, is Spain. I've got Steve Metzler of ClassicalWines.com, the Spanish importer here in Seattle, his lovely wife, Almudena, uh, both in studio, going to try some of the fantastic wines of Spain. Um, it's really time to drink. And remember last week we had uh, Marques de Caceres wine. Luis Bergueno was here. Uh, but right now I've got Steve and Almudena. Welcome to Happy Hour. Thank you. Very Thank much. you, Christopher. Uh, so I can't. You were just in Spain, right? You just got back from Spain again? We're always just back from Spain. (laughs) Always just back from Spain. Lucky you. Um, Spain is huge. And I was asking Luis last week about the... the, the general country of Spain and, and the size of it is it how much larger than Washington State is it? A lot. Well, it's slightly bigger than California and smaller than Texas. Uh-huh. That gives you a okay. A so estimate. we'll say smaller than Texas, it's, right? And it's uh, in Europe is the second largest after France. So France is bigger. France is slightly. Uh, okay, slightly. I like <laughs> but that. But Spain is bigger than Germany. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so, well, you know, obviously, who won the World Cup again? Uh, not Spain. Yeah. Two years ago, Spain. <laughs> okay, two, that's pretty fun. Uh, well, Spain, obviously, we've got uh, on the left side, the northern left, uh, or the western northwestern part is uh, the Rias Baixas with Galicia and the Albariño wines. In the center, uh, we have the Rioja and Ribeiro de Duero. And then to the northeast, we have the great area of Barcelona and Catalonia, right? That's right. Where the uh, first wine we have today comes from. Excellent. Cava. Tell sparkling me about, wine. so Cava. Cava is a sparkling wine. I think Cava is one of the best uh, tasting, best values. It's true, authentic, uh, method traditional or metodo classico. Um, this is Cava. And tell us about this Montmarsal Cava that you brought today. Well, uh, the primary brands of Cava on the market tend to be from extremely large companies. And uh, they are good values. But... Uh, uh, less often seen, but uh, increasingly appreciated are some of the smaller producers that uh, might charge you a dollar or two more, but are, are actually 
uh, even better values if you're if you're looking for a good drink. So, sure, and when it comes to value, I'm talking about under twenty dollars because when we think of champagne as the as the benchmark for all of the great sparkling wines of the world, um, champagne is is expensive and luxurious, um, and we know well not everyone knows why that is, but tell us why there's such a great comparison in value in terms of cava to champagne. Uh, well, partly uh, partly is the this marketing that's gone on. It's been more more uh, volume oriented, and that uh, that keeps the prices down on the on the top end uh, artisanal producers. Uh, uh, otherwise, maybe they would be charging like like champagne. But uh, <laughs> uh, but uh, you could say that the volume producers have actually depressed the market a little bit. Uh, oh, I see. They've so, set the, uh, so, the price so, range. Uh, but anyway, that's that's good for the consumer. So. It's great for the consumer, so. and I love sparkling wine, as does my sweetie. And uh, uh, Cava, for me, um, so this is Mont Marsal. Mont Marsal. It's a family uh, estate-bottled product. Uh, their uh, brut uh, sparkling wine that we're serving today is a, is a vintage 2011 with uh, 20 months aging. This is a vintage sparkling? Yes. Oh, please pour some for me. Now, I mean, Dana, uh-huh. when it comes to sparkling wines and kava in particular, what kind of wa- foods would we like to pair with kava? Well, uh, it goes with a large variety of food because uh, the, uh, this kava is dry. So some people even go through the whole meal enjoying it. But, of course, any kind of appetizers. In this area, there is a lot of shellfish and seafood, but it can go with, with a large variety of of. Ham, of course, the Spanish ham uh, it goes very, very well with the ham. The Birko ham. And, and you know, the perberechos. So anything with a little bit of salt, I think, is probably yeah. <laughs> appropriate. Yeah. Um, so yeah. this is an artisanal producer, Steve, the Montmarsal Brut Cava 2011 Reserva. And Reserva has a designation on this? Uh, yes, it does. It means uh, a minimum of, of 15 months aging, and this exceeds that. It's uh, 20 months uh, aging with the in the bottle with the yeast. Where the bubbles are produced, mm. and cava by uh, by law is a, a blend of can be a single variety or is it a, naturally a blend? Well, it's produced from a, a, a quite a range of authorized varieties. Uh, the primary local grapes are Macabeo, Chorello, and Parallada. This wine includes the Chorello and the Macabeo, and it does include a little bit of Chardonnay as well, mm. but and not enough to change the local character. Just enough to give it a little round. Texture. Well, it smells fantastic. What I like about the sparkling wines is obviously the brioche and toasted nuts mm-hmm. and, and just some of the, the yeasty character, which is very much like uh, sherry, right? I mean, it it's, has that floor. The, that the dry es- sherries that are aged with uh, the have the yeast yeah. character strong, yeah. Mm-hmm. The, uh, this is where Reserva is important, the 15 months, because the minimum aging for this type of wine, by law, is nine months. And in that, you get the bubbles, but you don't get what you're talking about uh, the, the brioche and the the complex character that this wine has. Well, this is pretty bright. For this mm-hmm. got great acidity mm-hmm. and um, it and it's just beautiful uh, lemon. Uh, I, I want to say Marcona almond only because I'm in thinking about Spain. But tell me some of the uh, Almudena. Tell me some of the the flavor uh, profiles we would find in this cava. Uh. <laughs> Well, I I think you describe it very well already. The the nice balance, the acidity, the yeah. lemony. You're the sommelier. I, say, I know. Okay. You, the, you have. A, <laughs> how can we? I was just double checking to see if I got that exam right. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, this is available around town. Uh yes, it's been available for. Uh, well, this is our company's thirtieth anniversary, and this was one of our very first 
suppliers that when we went to Spain in the early 80s. So I would say it's pretty widely available, but not not the first stack that you see coming in the door. Sure, so something yeah. that you have to look a little harder for. Well, so. it's it's delicious. It's uh, actually I, I understand why the artisanal part because it actually has more complexity. I think that those the skirviutas and the freshenets, um, they're fun and bubbly, and they have some of the character that we look for in, in quality sparkling wines, uh, and I enjoy them often. But I think this is a, definitely a step up in elevation and, and with the mouthfeel, uh, acidity, and complexity. Well, and I think the fact that it's just a little bit harder to find uh, is makes it even a nicer wine to serve at, at your party because it's uh, um, something that's not so ubiquitous. It's thing, very so. elegant. Yeah. That's what I'm finding. We'll have to get mm-hmm. some to uh, Amy and AJ. And AJ, I'm sure, probably plays with some uh, sparkling wines here and there and for his cocktail creations. and. Um, the next wine uh, is a one of my favorite. I know that when I was at the Rainier Club, we purchased the Morgadillo, the Albarino from Rio Spicious, and uh, it's one of my f- favorite Albarinos with the peach and floral notes and great uh, salinity. Uh, tell me about this wine. Yes, uh, Bodegas Morgadillo. Uh, this is a coastal wine-producing region, but uh, Morgadillo happens to be the most inland of the producers of that area. Uh, it's a rainy part of Spain. Uh, it's actually the falls mainly on the plain. Yeah, <laughs> it's uh, it's a rainy green part of Spain that uh, it rains there like it does here. So so it's not your typical image of Spain, but it is white wine country, and uh, this variety has, in the last twenty twenty five years since its entry into the market, international market, it has become accepted among the noble white varieties of Europe, and it has this uh, amazing combination of fresh. Uh, fruity mineral character, but yet a seriously dry wine. Uh, so there's hardly a wine that's broader in appeal than this, or more versatile. Uh, this is to me the this should overtake Pinot Grigio as far as the complexity and, and the uh, approachability of, of being a, a fine white wine that's that's affordable and um, easy to drink on summer occasions and throughout the year. This is delicious. Yeah, I think anyone that has that has enjoyed Pinot Grigio would have very little problem. Uh, I think maybe even might like this one better. <laughs> <laughs> well, we hope so, Morgadillo. So, Almudena, we were just mm-hmm. in uh, the northeastern part of Spain, and now we moved over to the northwestern part northeastern. of Spain in the Rias Baixas. What kind of foods shall we find on this side? More yeah. seafood? <laughs> well, we go here from coast to coast, that's for sure, and the climate is totally different. It's not that far distance, but here we have an ocean that is, is the Atlantic, so they are, the waters are much colder and it's much more brave. So the the selfies and seafood in this area is the best that there is in the whole country, along with the best ah, country. Ah, that's yes. where the best seafood yes, is, huh? Because, yes, along with the the seafood, also in the best country. But here, the shellfish is the best. Okay. Not only in Spain, from other places. <laughs> I love it. We got the Spanish national. <laughs> uh, we're right. waving the flags so, here in Happy Hour Radio. Speaking with Steve Metzler and I'm Udana Metzler, um, classicalwines.com or classicalwines.com. Check it out. they got a great Spanish portfolio. Steve, the Montmarsal Cava and the Morgadillo Riospicious Salbarino, what do these run retail? Well, the Cava, as we were saying, is well under 20, so you can find it in most places for about 15 that's a steal. And, uh, and then the, the Albarino is uh, hovering just under 20. It is a premium variety, and uh, um, you can find Albarinos for less, but this is a top vineyard estate that, uh, that produces consistently among the best. 
of its of its type. I agree. It's one of my favorites, um, if not my favorite. I, I have to say it is actually is because there's uh, there's a lot of Albarinos out there that are making their ways. The Burgans and uh, I can't think of the other ones right now, but uh, obviously the Morgadillo is great. I see you brought some rosé. I'd love if you'd pour me some rosé because rosé is the new. <laughs> what is it? The new <laughs> rosé is just taking over the world. Uh, uh, the the color pink. Uh, well, the multiple colors of the rainbow pink and peach and. Uh, tell me about this garnacha. Well, Spain uh, is very well known for its rosés. Uh, at one time, before technology became what it is, the white wines didn't last that long or weren't in, that good in the first place, not like they are today. <laughs> so the alternative was, in the summertime, a chilled rosé, or what they called clarete back in those days. Uh, and and uh, this says Principe de Viana. Principe de Viana, the Prince of Viana, which is... Uh, royal title of succession. Uh, king Felipe was Prince Principe oh, de Viana no. before he was King Felipe, just became that last month. Uh, and uh, that Spain, Spain is known, this wine and the first red we're going to have are examples of local Spanish varieties, indigenous Spanish varieties that have become rediscovered. And, and not only are they interesting for being local, but they were, they're from very old vines that somebody just forgot to tear out. Uh, <laughs> I forgot. And, and, uh, oh shoot! <laughs> so so they're World Cup they're was making on. very interesting wines, and uh, and and with character that you can't get from from the young vines, uh, and uh, and this particular rosé is is absolutely classic, dry, fresh, made with modern technology, sure, but uh, but from very high quality. Material. Well, it's delicious, and it's uh, Garnacha, or Grenache, yep. as they say in France and here in Washington, too. Um, speaking with Steve Metzler and Al Mudena with ClassicalWines.com. Um, when we get back from this break, we're going to talk about some of the foods that pair well with Rosé, the Claretta, um, and uh, some of the great red wines that I see Steve has brought. And coming up on the show, I've got the lovely Miss Amy Sheridan, the executive director of the auction of WashingtonWines.org, and uh, also the cocktail commodore, Captain Commander A.J. Rathbun, who uh, is going to share some of the insights on how to have a great time at home with all your friends, shaking up some tasty libations, and uh, about some of his 11 books. He's got these fantastic books here on Happy Hour Radio. Hey, if you're out there in the Twitter sphere, give us a shout-out at Happy HR Radio. Coming back, stick around. We'll be right here. Wait, stick around. We're coming back <laughs> on Happy Hour Radio. Hey, this is Chris Gorman from Gorman Winery, and you are listening to Happy Hour Radio with Christopher Chan on 570 KVI. The Commute with Carlson, weekdays 5 to 9, only in Seattle on Talk Radio 570 KVI. You're in the know with KVI One and No Weekends. Here's more Happy Hour Radio with Christopher Chan. <laughs> That's right. We've got more happy. We've got more happy hour radio. Welcome back. Uh, speaking with Steve Metzler and Almu Dana Metzler of ClassicalWines.com, the, the Seattle Spanish importer, uh, celebrating 30 years. Um, coming up on the show, I've got A.J. Rathbun with AJRathbun.com. 
in his Spiked Punch blog, and also the lovely Amy Sheridan of Auction of Washington Wines. So, Elmi Dana, we are tasting this beautiful Garnacha, the Principe mm -hmm. de Viana, is that what mm -hmm. it's called? That's correct. And it's 100% yes. uh, Grenache or Garnacha. Mm -hmm. Tell me for what foods go, wait, go great with well, this wine. this area is famous for all the vegetables. And so there are constantly, you see, the most beautiful vegetables with the rosé wine go very, very well. But, of course, it goes very well on its own before lunch <laughs> or dinner. And I love goes, wines that go very well on their own. That's kind of, <laughs> of my summer, favorites. Yeah, and the summer day when it's hot. And also it goes well with uh, meats, uh, chicken or pastas or or all the white meats and fish, of course. Which <laughs> we is, eat it with everything. <laughs> I have to tell you. <laughs> I, I love mean, wines that it. go with we everything, it, too. It. <laughs> um, you know, I like the way when you said uh, it... Rosés, I think as soon as consumers get a chance, of all of our ha Happy Hour Radio fans out there, get a chance to taste rosés, they'll, they'll find out that rosé is more versatile than just sitting on the mm -hmm. porch and, and in the rocking chair and swigging down yeah. some great chilled wine. Mm -hmm. It goes great with turkey, I mean, think right. the Thanksgiving, the, uh, the chicken. Yeah. It's that tweener wine where you're, when you're, especially in a, in a wine dinner, it's great to have a rosé because you can either start with it, but it also mm -hmm. it goes with some great courses, like yeah. vegetables. So, Steve, you got some red wines here. Tell me about this first red wine called Once Pinos. Pinos. Eleven Pines. Ah. Uh, this is, uh, and one of the most colorful labels uh, in our entire portfolio. It's from the Bobal grape variety grown in the high central plain of, of Spain, but towards the Mediterranean coast in a district called Manchuela. These are vines, uh, as we were talking with the Grenache, uh, very old, 80 years plus. Uh, a variety that's native to the Mediterranean, but here grown slightly inland at very high altitude. Now, the combination of the extreme uh, climate and the old vines gives a very dark wine, uh, but a variety that has not uh, not had a lot of exposure, not like some of the better-known varieties like Tempranillo. So we have the following wine will be one of the more well-known examples of, sure. of that variety. And this red wine is, is from a grape called Bobal, B-O-B-A-L. That's right. That's right. And it's an inexpensive wine, but with a lot of character, a touch of rusticity, a little bit of oak, uh, but just a, a lot of bang there and a lot of, uh, a lot of spice and a lot of uh, kind of uh, woodsy elements to it. Well, tell me about um, this affordability part. I'm curious, because this wine it has a lot of texture. It's uh, expansive. It's very flavorful. Obviously, it's dry, but it's really dark-fruited. It's blue-black fruit um, with a touch of purple. Uh, the tannin is moderate to moderate plus, and the acidity is moderate plus. It lingers. Great long finish. What does this wine run? 11 pines. About $11. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> this so. is it. Uh, we're going to play the lottery later today, 11 and 11. Um, well, that's cool. And... Uh, Almudena, obviously, okay. roasted meats it's with this wine, little lamb, meats, venison. Lamb, venison, and rabbit. This is an area oh. where this is in the high plains, in Manchuela, near La Mancha. The lebres. Lebres, yes. <laughs> Hair, right, and, and many plates with uh, rice, not necessarily paella, but local plates, and, and a local gazpacho that is made also with rabbit. So not, not the gazpacho we all know about, but the gazpacho manchego is made with with a kind of bread, dry bread, and also with rabbit. Wow. Uh, you have to go there to try uh, that. Well, I am uh, so excited to be heading to Spain. I know we'll talk offline about getting there. And if you really want right. to travel to Spain without leaving your house, just visit classicalwines.com because right. they got some fantastic wines that just give you this 
the sense of earth and sense of place. And uh, so the last wine we have is called uh, Valenciso. 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 It's a combination of the two founding partners' uh, last names, Luis Valentin and Carmen Enciso. Uh, they they were our long term veterans in this famous wine district called Rioja. Uh, they know what what it is to produce a great wine there. So even though this winery has a relatively short history, started in '98, they are today making one of the great examples of classic, elegant Rioja from the best part of Rioja called the Rioja Alta. The Alta. It's all Tempranillo, aged in this case in French oak, one third new, but the oak is not predominant. It's uh, it's it has more a classic character, but just with a fresher, updated approach to some of the uh, older, uh, more established brands out there. Well, so. this wine is this this has got great structure, but also there's an elegance and sophistication to the wine. There's a nice polish to this wine. Super elegant. Uh, and the, it reflects the people that make it, too. They're, they're very nice people. And, in fact, Luis Valentin is going to come to Seattle in September on one of his market visits. So well, we certainly like to meet him on air on Happy Hour Radio. And, Almudena, uh, what are the foods that they serving in Rioja? Well, Rioja, you mentioned lamb before. This is one of the favorite plants. And the lamb here, like in Rivera del Duero, is the baby lamb. That means it's 21 days old. So <laughs> so it's extremely tender. The little chops, you can imagine what they are. So that's, that's one of the traditional plates. Then they have other local dishes called the patatas riojana, which is oh, yeah. the Riojan, Riojan potatoes, which is with paprika and with... Yeah. But that's a winter, winter. If you eat it in summer, you, you really sweat. I've yeah, done it. I've done it. <laughs> well, that's what's cool and, you off anyway, I thought. So maybe it might be appropriate in summer. Um, yeah. Well, that's really fun. It makes me hungry, and uh, I'm always hungry and thirsty on Happy Hour Radio. Um, fantastic portfolio. I'm, I Thank love you. the fact that we were able to go through five wines. The uh, Mont Marsal, the Morgadillo uh, Albarino, the Principi de Viana Garnacha Rosé, the Eleven Pinos, which is Eleven Pines, and that's a Bobal. And then finally, the Valenciso Reserva Rioja, which is a vintage wine, 2007 Tempranillo. All these wines are available at uh, on, online at Classical Wines, right? Well, we can tell you, point you in the right direction, but they're uh, they're all, you can order them anywhere. Ah, <laughs> they might not be on the shelf, but, uh, but you can order them. Well, uh, such a treat to have you back to Happy Hour Radio. Hope you enjoyed it. Thanks for joining me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Uh, and now it's my pleasure to be introducing, um, well, someone who's not so new in town, but certainly new into her position, uh, Miss Amy Sheridan, Executive Director of the Auction of Washington Wines. Welcome to Happy Hour. Thanks, Christopher. I'm glad to be here. Yeah, finally. Hooray. Um, happy summer. It's a beautiful day in Seattle. The sun is shining bright, and I love the Saturdays as being in studio like this. Uh, so, um, Auction of Washington Wines, this is your 20... 27th. 27. 20 seven years. All right. So um, as you know, because you've been, we are in the summer in August, this year, August 14th through the 16th at Chateau St. Michel. We start with the picnic and barrel auction on Thursday afternoon and uh, invite people who may want to learn a little bit more about Washington State wines um, to the to the meet the winemakers on the field who roam and pour uh, their current releases and invite them into the barrel auction where they can sample future releases and bid on cases. Um, Friday night, our winemaker dinners all over town. Uh, local chefs go in and do all the courses, and then winemakers uh, 
pair up together and and pair wines with those courses and the and the attendees get a, a wonderful meal at someone's home that they've opened up for that and then Saturday night is of course the grand finale uh, the wine gala uh, again at Chateau Saint Michel uh, we have silent auction super silent auction and a live auction that's uh, pretty amazing experiences and wine for our guests well it was so fun to have chef John Serich here from Saint Michel uh, uh, last week and talking about um, well two weeks ago talking about the, the auction and uh, it's great to have you here. And so your job as executive director is really organizing, getting the sponsors involved, procuring the auction items, and making sure that everyone looks good, smells good, feels good. And <laughs> Absolutely. We uh, work with the entire industry in Washington State to really make sure that we're representing them and, and providing the best wine and experiences to the guests that want to come. Um, and then, of course, organizing all the details. It is a uh, built-from-the-ground-up event at San Michelle, who is so generous in hosting their space, but we need to provide all the tents and all the rentals and, and all of those uh, details that go into an experience that people really want to come back year after year. It really is the wine event of the summer, in our opinion. So. It really is. It's the highlight. And, um, you know, the only sad part about when it's over is we know that September's on its way. That's right. <laughs> that's, the, that's only my, well, I guess that's the the, uh, the apex of our our. Washington wine industry, and I guess in summer, September means it's harvest time, so we're off to another vintage. So what are some of the great wineries participating uh, at the picnic? Well, we have some great wineries participating, especially in the barrel auction. We have 70 wineries participating on the field where the winemakers themselves roam and pour for the guests and rub shoulders and talk about their uh, current releases. So that's a great opportunity for people. But in the barrel auction, this year we're really excited. We actually are doing a event within an event um, in creating um, a pop-up barrel room. So instead of under 10 by 10 tents like we've done in the past, we have a large enclosed tent that we're air conditioning so that the wines show uh, really well and uh, create a lot of Uh. energy in that room as people bid on the future releases. And we have 22 wineries in there, and we're really excited. Uh, We have some new and notables this year. Uh, For example, Kevin White Winery will be there as a new and notable, result of a crush, uh, uh, Double Canyon. So a little bit showing some of our, our newcomers. Sure, Double uh, Canyon. Mm-hmm. And result of a crush is Ryan Van, isn't it? Yeah, Ryan Van family. Well, that's great. Well, um, when we come back from this break, I want to talk more about that that barrel room and uh, about some of the great chefs that are cooking on Friday. And also, uh, we're going to be uh, diving into some cocktails with Mr. A.J. Rathbun of ajrathbun.com and the Seattle Magazine cocktail columnist. So stick around. We're having too much fun, and we want you to be a part of it. Uh, shout, send me a tweet at Happy HR Radio, and uh, stick around. We'll be right back. Hi, I'm Jeff Cox with PCC Natural Markets, and you're listening to Happy Hour Radio with Christopher Chan on 570 KVI. Lars Larson has the real story. Weekdays, 6 to 9 p.m., only on Talk Radio 570 KVI. Talk Radio 570 KVI Want to Know Weekends continue. Now, back to Happy Hour Radio with Christopher Chan. Hey, and welcome back to Happy Hour Radio. I'm having a great time with Steve Metzler and Elmi Udena Metzler from Classical Wines, the great Spanish importer. I uh, also have Mr. A.J. Rathman of AJRathman.com and Spiked Punch Blog. He's crafting some cocktails in studio. 
Um, and it's making me thirsty. Um, speaking of thirsty, I'm thirsty for some wine. I've got that, and I'm getting hungry. So, Amy Sheridan, tell us about the auction of Washington wines. Some of those winemaker dinners you have on Friday, August 15th. Well, most of them are sold out at this point. But what? We, yes, yes. Oh, you have man. to get in early for those. Ah. Uh, but we, we do have a couple tickets left for a dinner on Mercer Island um, at the home of Rob Angel. Uh, with the Hedges, Tom and Anne-Marie Hedges, who are honorary vintners this year. And we're so pleased to have them accept that from us because they're such legends in Washington State. And they will be partnering with uh, Michael Towers uh, with Ambassador. Uh. And then the executive chef, Shane, from Matt's in the Market, will be there creating a menu that is amazing. And the views will be lovely on that beautiful summer evening on Friday the 15th. And there are a couple tickets left for that, but not many. Uh, so I recommend that people go to auctionofwashingtonwines.org and get them. Yes, auctionofwashingtonwines.org. You get your tickets to the picnic on the Thursday, the thir- uh, August 14th, and the, the winemaking dinner. So that's great because Mercer Island is centrally located. You can be in Bellevue. You can be in Seattle. It's easy to get to. I'm sure Rob Angel has a beautiful home, and uh, the Ambassador Wines are fantastic. They've really been a, a great uh, asset, uh, something to be proud of on, on Red Mountain. They have, and we love Red Mountain wines, obviously. And uh, we call this winemaker dinner Red Mountain on the Water. And again, uh, with the hedges there as our honorary vintners, we're just pleased to have them there. And the chef, of course, from Matt's in the Market. Um, and all the chefs, we thank them. We have 20 chefs who do Thursday through Saturday and create courses, individual courses or entire dinners um, for us. And it's such a great donation of their, their time and talent um, towards our beneficiaries, Seattle Children's and the Viticulture and Enology Program at WSU. Uh, well, it takes a village to save a child, and we thank the doctors at Children's Hospital, and of course, all the winemakers, and the uh, the generosity of those people hosting those events at their home. I know that's not easy hosting, you know, twenty people. You got to clean, <laughs> you got to clean, clean vacuum, and then clean up when they all leave. But um, we thank them. Those are such a fun time, uh, and also this great chefs, Matt's in the Market, and uh, John Sarich, and everyone who's working the picnic, um, and of course the gala auction. Who are some of the chefs of the gala? Oh, we have, um, well, like we have Chef Nicole from Tulalip who always does our desserts. Uh, and there, I think she's doing some made-on-the-spot made ice cream, which should be an interesting yeah. thing to eat. Uh, we have uh, the, the chefs from Ray's Boathouse there again this year. And, of course, Chef John Sarich, who every year steps up and does amazing uh, food for us at the gala. So there are seven chefs that night. Each doing a course, we have a social hour with more appetizers than we've ever served before. Oh, wow. And a five-course dinner oh. at the gala. And, of course, the live auction lots this year are incredible. Man. Um, in fact, we have a, a Barcelona trip. And uh, so we're bringing Spain into uh, the auction of Washington wines this year as well. Well, just like all those Spanish grapes that are invading Washington, the Tempranillos and the Albarinos and the Garnachas and uh, Mencias even, I think, or uh, Graciano, maybe that's what it was, Mencias or region. Well, um, auctionofwashingtonwines.org, all the information you need for the picnic on Thursday, August 14th, the great winemaker dinner that's left. Congratulations on selling those out because that tells me that those are all fantastic. And, and to have the hedges still, um, you go party with the hedges and we must be really fond of it. And the gala auction dinner on the Saturday the 16th, I'm so sad I'll be in New York to miss it this year, um, but I will be at the picnic, so all the friends out there, come and join me and Amy Sheridan at the Auction of Washington Wines. Amy, thanks for joining me today on Happy Hour Radio. Thanks, Christopher. It was good to be here. Oh, good. I'm so excited about the picnic, about Spanish wines, and now about Mr. A.J. Rathman, cocktail commander for Seattle Magazine and more. Welcome to Happy Hour.
Thanks, Christopher. It's great to be here. Um, I see some fantastic ingredients here. First of all, tell me about some of the spirits that you've brought um, in your cachet of uh, accoutrements here. Well, so we're going to be making a drink called The Last Word, um, and it has gin. Traditionally, it has gin, and it starts with gin, and I brought... um, uh, Seattle Distilling Company's gin, which is a distillery actually on Vashon. And to make the gin, <laughs> I know, it's funny. Uh, but it's a sweet little distillery, and they use Oregon juniper berries as well as a whole host of Washington botanicals, including elderflower and lavender and various other things. So very fragrant gin. Um, also, uh, Luxardo Maraschino, which is, of course, the Italian liqueur made from the pits and the cherries of the Marasca cherries. Very dry, not sweet. Um, traditionally, this drink also has green chartreuse, mm. but we're changing it up a little bit to make it Washington style, and we're using a new liqueur from Sidetrack Distillery, which is a lemon verbena liqueur, and it has a lot of relationship to chartreuse. It's very herbal, but also a tiny bit citrus and vegetal, and also very green, and with a little bit of a kick, like the stronger chartreuses. Well, this drink is fantastic. It's really good, and... Like many good drinks, it has a great story. Tell me about the story. So it was originally invented in the 20s by a famous monologist, a very famous vaudevillian named Frank Fogarty, who at one time was president of the White Rats, a famous (laughs) vaudevillian society in the 20s. And then, sadly, the drink sort of passed out of favor and was lost for a long time, was rediscovered or unburied, as I like to say about cocktails, by Seattle's legendary Murray Stenson. Ah, Murray. Yes, wonderful, wonderful bartender who uh, brought it on the menu at the Zigzag when he was working there. And it got very popular not only at the Zigzag, but all across the nation. Now it's one of those drinks that you can find from New York to L.A. And it's great. It's very layered, has a lot of different flavors, also has a little fresh lime juice in there, which brings that nice citrus so it's a good one. This is uh, so complex. It's so refreshing, and it's just a perfect balance between bitter, sweet, and sour. Yes, and really easy to make. It's a rare drink in that it's equal parts of every ingredient. So three quarters ounce of the Seattle Distilling Company gin, three quarters ounce maraschino, three quarters ounce of the lemon verbena liqueur, and three quarters ounces fresh lime juice. Be sure to use fresh lime juice, of course. Yes, because it, lime juice can get bitter when it gets uh, oxidized. It can, and it just has such a great burst of flavor. One other little trick, it's a shaken drink because mm-hmm. it has the lime juice in. So, you know, you give it a little shake. You always want to when you're using the fresh juice to make sure that you fine strain it after yes. you finish the drink so you don't get those little bits of lime in your the teeth. The pulp, yeah. yeah. Well, uh, the last word, and um, what year was this drink just uh, created? 1920s. 1920s. Yes. Uh, so it wouldn't have had the lemon verbena liqueur, of course, because that's a really recent release from the Sidetrack Distillery in Kent. We should really call this the last word in Kent. <laughs> well, I remember where I had a job in Kent for a while. I was the Chamber of Commerce promotions guy. That was pretty fun back in my early 90s or well, when back then. <laughs> uh, so tell me how you got started in this business because I'm really impressed. You've got some books. You've got Ginger Bliss. You've got Luscious Liqueurs, uh, a book called Dark Spirits. You have 11 different titles. I do. They aren't all cocktails, but many of them shade at least into the cocktail arena. Um, I got started really thanks to my parents who used to throw big parties when I was young. (laughs) So I just grew up thinking that big parties were something that you should do. And then I sort of bartended my way through college, as many people do. And the parties just never had drinks 
that I thought were quite tasty enough. So I sort of tried to make it my mission to uh, write books that would help the home entertainer serve a little bit better drinks to their friends and family. Um, I also have a couple food books, too, because you can't forget about the snacks. You got to eat. Yeah. And that makes uh, that's what's fun. You know, hand to mouth stuff. Um, This book, Dark Spirits, I just opened it up. Uh, It's available still out on the market. Yep. All the books are still available. Um, They cover a really wide variety of topics. There's even one of uh, poems about drinkers, drinking places and drinks in case you have a couple drinks and feel that poetic spirit at your party and you want to, you know, stand up on a table and read some poetry. You know, maybe we can woo, you know, that could be the new single sing, hey, I'm going to read you some poetry, sweetheart. <laughs> I think it's a great idea. I love uh, it. Especially with those uh, about cocktails. I think that's going to get them to laugh. And once you get a, well, I'm not going to give you all my secrets. <laughs> um, this Dark Spirits book is really cool. It's got some fantastic recipes. And I know when we come back from this break, you're going to shake up another cocktail for us. Uh, the last word is, abs- oh, the last word in Kent is absolutely fantastic. <laughs> and, and congratulations to Kent on having some tasty stuff down there. Um, You can find all this great stuff online on your website, ajrathbun.com. Yep, that's a perfect spot. And uh, the Spiked Punch blog, uh, that's really fun. I'm sure it's uh, (laughs) an outlet for you to be poetic and wax on uh, creative recipes, etc. Yeah, I can get a little silly, but um, I also put up a new drink pretty much every Friday. So if it's the weekend and you're looking for something new to make... I'll have something for you. Ah, excellent. Well, uh, we can tune in to that, ajrathbun.com. So when we come back from this break, we'll have another cocktail. And for those of you out there in Happy Hour Radio Land, you can check our website for uh, past episodes of all the great guests we've had at happyhourradio.net. And uh, if you've got a question, if you want to find A.J. Rathbun, uh, you can email me at ask at happyhourradio.net. So stick around. We'll be right back following this break. We've got uh, Amy Sheridan from the Auction of Washington Wine, Steve Metzler, now Mudana, still pouring me some great wine, and, of course, the man himself, master mixologist A.J. Rathbun on Happy Hour Radio. Hi, this is Dennis Cakebread with Cakebread Sellers. You're listening to Happy Hour Radio on 570 KVI. The home of the great one. Mark Levin. Weekdays 3 to 6 p.m. Talk Radio 570 KVI. KVI Want to Know Weekends. Time for another round of Happy Hour Radio with Christopher Chan. Hey, and welcome back to Happy Hour Radio. You know, you need to write in and tell everybody we need this two-hour show because we're having so much fun to go another hour. Happy Hour has to be more than just an hour. We need a Happy Hours retitle. I want to thank Steve Metzler, now Mudena Metzler, with ClassicalWines.com. Great Spanish portfolio. Uh, they're Montmarsal, the Morgadillo, the uh, Principe de Vieja. The Garnacha, and much, much more. Uh, also thanking Amy Sheridan for joining me from the Auction of Washington Wines. Be sure to get your tickets while they last at auctionofwines.org. And A.J. Rathbun, uh, the author, the cocktail creator, and home entertaining expert, tell me about this new cocktail you shook up for me during the break called The Princess. So The Princess is a great summer cocktail, very refreshing and super easy to make because you don't want to sweat too much when you're making drinks in summer. Um, It was actually created by my wife, Natalie, who's quite a princess herself. Uh, (laughs) And it's just ice in a highball glass. You put an ounce and a half of the Italian liqueur limoncello. Mm -hmm. Today we're using actually letterpress limoncello. 
limoncello, which is made in Sodo. It's a very delicious limoncello. Uh, there's also a homemade limoncello book uh, recipe in my book, Luscious Liqueurs. Mm. So a little bit of limoncello, a little bit of soda water. You stir that up a tiny bit and then add some fresh raspberries and stir it up a little bit so you sort of break up the raspberries just a touch. Mm-hmm. And it's very refreshing, very simple, and just is highlighted by limoncello, which is one of my all-time favorite liqueurs. Yes, uh, I, limoncello is so fun to make at home, the sugars and fresh lemon and perhaps a little spirit, depending on what you like. Uh, and this drink, drink is fantastic. So, Princess, I can see how it's easy to make and easy to drink, which are recipes that I really enjoy. Yeah, well, in, <laughs> in summertime it's a little hot, so you don't want to, you know, have to shake too much often when the heat's up. So having something that's refreshing like this, you can sit outside, throw a few fresh raspberries if you have a mm-hmm. raspberry patch, it's especially nice. I can see how that that truly makes the difference in this drink because uh, that as that fresh raspberries as they are um, raspberries are, are sweet and ripe, yeah. but they got great acidity. And I think that just adds a spike to this drink. And that little it, bit of tang yeah, is nice, for tang, sure. Tang, hello. <laughs> um, and you have been around Seattle for 18 years now, and uh, we can find your columns in Seattle Magazine often? Yes, so I do a weekly blog for Seattle Magazine and then a monthly column in the magazine itself uh, with a different bar each month that I profile and highlight. All right, you are my new best friend. We're going to be hanging out. <laughs> I want to be, you know, drag me along, say, because uh, I think it'll be a good uh, an alliance here. Um, you've got the Lemon Verbena from Sidetrack Distillery, the uh, Lemon Cello from Letterpress, Letterpress in and Soto. Then- the Seattle Distilling Company Gin. Gin. Uh, great stuff. Uh, you can find more, everything you, all these ingredients and recipes. You have over 1,700 recipes on your website, right? <laughs> Uh, it seems like over 1,700, I think. <laughs> wow. If you can remember that, I'm totally impressed and we'll definitely have you. Could be your, you'll be our resident cocktail expert because <laughs> uh, when I'm here on the mic, it's hard for me to shake all this stuff up. Besides, you've got uh, a lot more liquor than I do in my cabinet. My bottles are empty, but my recycle bin is full. That's always good. And it is, my house is ridiculous with bottles. Yeah? It's, it's almost embarrassing if I wasn't so happy about it. Well, this is so fun. It's a pleasure to finally meet you. I know I've admired your work uh, in Seattle Magazine, and I had Chris Dico here on the, on the show last week, chatting with him about the Red, White, and Brew, which was a fantastic event last night uh, uh, over at the Fremont uh, uh, Foundry. Uh, really fun. I'm glad it was just the perfect kind of weather. So, AJ Rathman, thanks for joining me on Happy Hour Radio. Thanks so much for having me. It was great. Uh, coming up on the show for next week, I've got some more fantastic guests. If you're having fun, be sure to tune in uh, 11 a.m. to noon every Saturday right here on KVI 570. I've got uh, the Winery of the Year, Mary Hill Winery. Uh, and the owner, Craig Luthold, will be in studio chatting about his great awards recently from uh, one of the great publications out there. Also, a couple phone calls from our friends down in California. I've got Carl Wente. Carl Wente is one of the family uh, members of the Wente Winery, and they're best known for producing great value California wines, uh, a variety of varieties, a variety of varieties. That doesn't make any sense, but they've got great flavors. And uh, they also have a little Chardonnay named after him called the Wente Clone. And also Paul Wagner, who is uh, a marketing expert, and is going to talk about the upcoming Society of Wine Educators Conference, which is just the week before uh, the Auction of Washington Wines, August 11th, 12th, 13th, and 14th. What great timing that is. I'm sure all those experts will be in town and, and be... Wishing they had tickets to the picnic, because that's going to be super fun. I'll be there. Don't forget, auctionofwashingtonwines.org, Thursday through Saturday, August 14th to the 16th. 
Also coming up, uh, hey, you know, cider in Washington has just exploded. And it will be Summer Cider Day in Port Townsend, Saturday, August 9th. So check that out at northwestcider.com. They'll be pouring over 70 different ciders. And, of course, save the date, uh, September 14th. That's a Sunday for the Gold Medal Wine Experience. Tickets and details available at Seattle. WineAwards.com will be hosting the best of Washington and Oregon uh, right there in the Grand Ballroom at the Seattle Waterfront Marriott. Um, I want to thank our friends at Waterbrook and uh, Canoe Ridge um, and also our friends at Wine and Spirits and everybody here who helps make the show possible. It's always fun on Saturdays, uh, so tell your friends about it. Um, if you want to learn more, check us out at happyhourradio.net. Hey, folks, remember, life is always better with a designated driver. Cheers. Cheers.